0: Great, well it's good to uh, be with you this morning and um, there are loads of threads that we can pick out of this passage. I am actually picking quite a few out. Um, we could focus on faith, we could focus on prayer, could focus on unanswered prayer, answered prayer. Um, but um, Helen put this sermon series together and the idea is that during Advent we're looking at our journey to Bethlehem. And so today we're going to focus on the idea of being obedient and also about going long with that, not giving up. Um, A really, really good book that I've come across, although I've not managed to read all of it yet, is this one by Eugene Peterson, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. So let me commend that to you and I'll be using a quote from that in a bit. So Elizabeth and Zechariah had waited for many years serving faithfully whilst not being able to have a child. What did that mean for them to keep serving, to keep worshiping even when their hopes had not been realized? How do we hold on to God when life isn't panning out as we expected it to? So as I've mentioned, we're in a sermon series, we're on our journey to Jerusalem, uh, sorry to Bethlehem, let's get it right, Um, and um, last week Carl very helpfully spoke to us about the promise of the Saviour from Isaiah 9. So this was good news was brought in the answer to Zechariah's prayer. It wasn't just good news because they were going to have their first child, But it was also really good news because the promise of salvation was being heralded through this child who was going to be John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. So in this passage, we meet the ability to be obedient to God in the waiting and also to do that for a long length of time because we're told that they were old in their years when this uh, angel appeared to them. So let's pray as we begin to look properly now at the passage. Father, we just thank you that you are almighty God. We thank you that you stand with us in all of the circumstances of life. Uh, pray that you would show us this morning a bit more about what it is to be obedient to you and also how to run the race And to finish it well in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's a really good sermon quote that says this. Spiritual maturity isn't measured by how high you jump in praise. But how straight you walk in obedience. And there's a challenge for us there. To be obedient and to be faithful. To be what I would call a steady eddy in a world where there's a fast-track, high-octane living um, where people do crash and burn. So the challenge to go long. The definition from the Oxford Dictionary of Obedience is this, that it's compliance with an order, a request or a law, or submission to another's authority. Children were taught to show their parents obedience. Obedience can be seen as our loyal commitment to God. Now, here's a good quote from Eugene Peterson The moment we say yes to God and no to the world, all of our problems are solved. All of our questions are answered. All of our troubles are over. Nothing can disturb the tranquility of the soul at peace with God. Nothing can interfere with the blessed assurance that all is well between me and my Savior. Nothing and no one can upset the enjoyable relationship if it, that has been established by faith in Jesus Christ. And we all know that that's wrong, don't we? Because... How many times have we um, found difficulties in life even though we have faithfully followed God? Um, Some people actually think if we stay faithful that God will stay faithful. But God's faithfulness is not dependent on whether we are or not, actually. He is always faithful. So that's something that might be important for someone to hear today. We can actually grow in obedience. I remember when I was training as a counselor, um, I actually thought empathy was something that was a natural skill, but believe it or not, empathy is something you can grow. And the same with obedience. We can grow in our ability to say yes to God. And in Zechariah and Elizabeth's case, they had grown that ability to say yes to God. He kept going faithfully as an intercessor, into the temple but God had done his bit by giving him the grace to do that and part of spiritual formation um, and spiritual growth and transformation is about God's work in us and his grace in us. I love the passage in Romans 12 which may appear hopefully and therefore I urge you brothers and sisters Um, And I took some time out in 2017 to train as a spiritual director. And those months of training were actually really, really valuable Um, in, in kind of helping me to find different ways of engaging with God, but then also giving me the skills to help others. Sometimes we need help with that transformation. It's okay saying that God pours out on us grace upon grace upon grace, which he does, But we also sometimes need a bit of flesh on that. We need a person to walk alongside us. So um, Zechariah and Elizabeth, I'm sure they would have supported each other and have had other people supporting them. If we go back to our passage, um, what was going on here was a new era was coming. The angel had said, Your prayer has been heard, and you shall name him John. And John was going to be the forerunner for salvation for the whole of the world. So quite a big era, wasn't it? And the giving of a name in those times was a symbol of authority. So the fact um, that um, he was being given the name um, was an expression of authority that was being handed to Zechariah to put onto his son. In, the, uh, in Genesis, when Adam and Eve were given the authority to name the animals, um, a similar um, situation was happening there. God gives authority to those who are faithful and obedient. In our passage in verse 16, it says, He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah. So God was going to anoint this child with the same power and the same spirit as the great prophet Elijah. Were Zechariah and Elizabeth ready for this new calling? Because they were surprised, weren't they, when this angel came? And sometimes God can place a calling upon our lives and we may feel that we're not ready for it. We may find that we hit upon difficulties. I wonder what our response has been when God has picked us out for something. I've noticed also myself that um, that actually, when you do move forward with God, there usually is some sort of hassle as well. I don't like to give the devil too much airtime, but it is a reality, I'm afraid. Um, I think it's also really important to know what obedience is not. So as a therapist and being involved in safeguarding as well, it's as important to know what obedience is as as to know what it isn't. So I don't believe that obedience is allowing people to do and say what they want to us. I don't believe that it's over compliance either. Quite a lot of years ago when I was in a previous church there were some control issues there and I was a young insecure uh, young woman and I actually uh, learnt very quickly that to fit into this controlling environment that if I said yes to everything people would like me so that was coming out of my need to be liked and their need to be in control but within that you lose a sense of self Um, and therapists call it the good girl or the good boy syndrome Um, it's not being your true self Um, it is okay to be able to be objective so over compliance or losing your sense of self is not obedience and also I don't believe that God calls us to be a doormat or a people pleaser he calls us to be in the center of his will and to say yes to him. Um, And obviously we want to work well with people. It's my view that obedience is an autonomous decision in freedom to follow the almighty and living God in a way that keeps to the promises um, and laws of life. So, The really, really good news is that so far it's all been a bit one-sided, hasn't it? And it's been all about us saying yes to God. But God is a God of covenant and he says yes to us and his yes is a firm yes. Now, I love this book that Ruth mentioned a couple of weeks ago, um, God in the Dark by Oz Guinness. I've had that on my shelf for a few years now. And in it, it says this, the good news of the Christian gospel is a covenant agreement, a contract that God offers to us. The gift of the Holy Spirit that he gives to us is part of that contract. It's the seal or the proof that he is committing himself to us. So God is the creator of covenant and in uh, one, uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 1, it says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. And later on, it says about him setting his seal of ownership on us, Uh, by putting his Holy Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So evidence of God's eternal commitment to us and his covenant with us is the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There is no ambiguity with God. So God is calling us to be obedient, to say yes in freedom, and His um, covenant with us will always be there. And if we're honest, our obedience does waver, doesn't it? Because we are people, we get things wrong, we mess up, we get hurt, and stuff like that. But God, His covenant is always a yes and always an amen. Let's think about going long. So the Christian life is sometimes talked about as a marathon rather than a sprint. I've stood on the start line of quite a few marathons um, and um, half marathons. And um, over the years, as I was sort of getting better at it, I used to chuckle to myself when all these uh, people dressed up as caterpillars were shouting oggy, oggy, oggy and dancing round at the start. And I was quietly thinking, at mile 18, you're going to need that energy. So um, God wants us to pace ourselves. Um, So it's really important that we hold that in order to go long, that we we pace ourselves. Another thing I want to pick out of the passage is this, that a barren woman in those days um, was seen as somebody of reproach. People judged them. They thought that um, God's um, um, his favour was not on them, that they'd done something wrong. It's really important that we hold back from judging people when they are going through difficult times. Um, Another thing that I want to pick out of this passage is that Zechariah was a man of prayer. And one commentator um, gave me this fantastic picture of Zechariah um, burning the incense in the temple, and the incense is rising up, and that's like symbolic of the prayers of the people rising up to heaven. But he also said a practical aspect of that is the fact that there were a lot of animals around, and the place stunk, so the incense was actually helping Um, And one phrase that came out of that was that, um, when life stinks, pray. So there's a picture of me stood on a muck heap. And in fact, um, God has actually spoken to me a number of times when I've been stood in the muck heap. um, And hopefully he'll continue to do so. So when life stinks, pray. Pray. We may feel sometimes forgotten by God or feel like giving up. I felt like giving up a number of times, um, but I'm still here by the grace of God. Um, Zechariah was faithfully praying and doing his priestly duties in the temple. David was out in the cold and the wet tending sheep. So these are other people in the Bible. Mary was an ordinary young woman. And yet God sent an angel to each one of them with a specific calling and purpose for them. And a a, a thing that I feel to share with you, and it it was a word that I had actually on uh, last Sunday. It's amazing how quick a week goes, isn't it? Is that um, if you feel that you're in the background and God isn't noticing you, then be encouraged because he does notice you. He will pick you out. He will call you if there is a specific calling for you. Um, that happened um, a couple of last week, as I say, I was just about to leave my house, um, and I couldn't shut the door. Um, my husband's away in Italy, and I was fiddling about with a mechanism, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, um, "I set before you an open door that no one can shut." And I felt that was a word for the people as I was going out to the 7 p.m. service. So I did share it. So if you're, if you're praying about something, whether it's a calling, whether it's a job, whether it's um, a situation in life that you think might be shut down, that you might not have been noticed by God, um, hear it that God does notice you. Because in this passage, what happened was, God, um, Zechariah was picked out by lots. There were plenty of priests around, but he was picked out. His name came up. So your name may come up. We all have different challenges in life, um, and we do need to be careful we're not judging people as well, as I've already mentioned. So some of you may know or not know that I have never given birth to children. Um, but God can use our time don't get fixated on something that isn't happening I can stand here and say that I've nurtured literally thousands and thousands of young people um, in 17 years of teaching in secondary schools and in the last 10 years running a therapy center building up people's um, mental health so um, Let God use you in the waiting. Um, Go along with him and ask him what he wants you to do. Because if God isn't answering one prayer, he might be answering another. In the passage, it says that, um, that Zechariah's prayers were heard. Well, I had that exact line emailed to me by a planning lady Who had stood on the land that I was um, praying about whether God was uh, wanting us to set a therapy center up there Um, and she stood on the land and she said Angela I just need to tell you that we've been told that nobody no planning applications are gonna go through in this area in the next 10 years because of people breaking rules as she said that a rainbow appeared And I said to her, I don't know if you believe in God, but I do. And look at that. And I believe that God is in this. And next thing I got, two days later, Angela, your prayers have been answered. We have been granted a planning appeal process. So that was the beginning of the appeal after we'd got a no. Friedrich Nietzsche, who's a German philosopher who died in 1900, said the essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be long obedience in the same direction. Obedience is costly. People give things up to serve God, but there is no better place than being in the center of God's will and having that sense of peace. And we're in a, in a, Um, a period of waiting now called advent as we're waiting for the coming of our saviour Jesus Christ once again as we celebrate his birth so perspective is quite important as well and I have a post-it note here Do you ever have that thing where you go to conferences and people wheel out the post-it notes and you think, oh, no, here we go? Anyway, I'm not going to do that. So um, perspective is really important. If I hold these post-it notes there, then they're just a little tiny piece of paper. If I put them there, I can't see very much of anything. Um, And if we allow the thing that we are worried and concerned about, or we think God's not answering, to really come so close and dominate us, we won't be able to see. So um, just bear that in mind if you are struggling with something. So in summary, you'll be pleased to know I'm summarizing now, life is challenging. God notices us, he picked out Zechariah, he picked out David, he picked out Mary, he may be picking out you, there may be a door that you can't shut, um, because, uh, that no one can shut because he's opening it for you. Try and resist the temptation to judge if somebody's really going through a difficult time, it doesn't mean that they are ungodly. Pray when life stinks, pray, Um, let the incense and the aroma go up to God. Partner with him in what he is doing. Be obedient in autonomous freedom before God, but don't be walked all over and go long. Remember the marathon, save your energy. So um, a couple of things to finish with really. Uh, God is a God of covenant as well, isn't he? Um, I like this little prayer, which you've probably heard before, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Dear God, so far today, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been grumpy, nasty, or selfish. And I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. <laughs> and then I'm probably going to need a lot of help. So we do need some help to go along. Another quote from CS Lewis is this, I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. So remember Eugene Peterson's quote, it's not always straightforward. And last of all, there's a couple of uh, quotes here which I really like water cuts through rock not because of its strength but because of its persistence and the devil does not know what to do with somebody who just won't give up so let's pray father we just thank you that you call us to be obedient to you you call us not to give up you give us your grace and the power and presence of your holy spirit to be with us and Lord I just pray for about all those different points and they are quite wanging, of things that we've picked out under the banner of going long and being obedient Lord I just pray for um, your church Lord that you would um, help them Lord in their struggles in the difficulties Lord in the things that don't always pan out for them in the way that they expected. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit and strengthen them in Jesus' name. Amen.